Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to part two of our delightful chat with the delightful Ryan O'Delightful Connell. If you haven't listened to part one, press pause, go back to the feed, have a listen to that first, and then come back here for part two. Here you go. Another thing we talk about a lot on this podcast, which is a big thing for season two, is open relationships. Yeah. And I wondered what, what you felt needed to be discussed about that that you weren't seeing and that was true for you, I suppose. Well, it's so funny, like... I'm not, we're not a monolith as gay people, obviously, but Mm. I mean, just in the microcosm of my friend groups, like, I I think everyone that's in a long-term relationship is some variation of open. It's, it's extremely rare in the, in my case, I'm just only speaking to me and my friends, um, that a relationship is like totally closed, Mm. like completely the door is always, uh, you know what I mean? Some some doors are wide open. Yeah. Some doors are like just a creak. You know what I mean? Um, and it's just really a part of our culture. And and um, I just had not really seen too much exploration of that. Mm. Um, now the version that we're exploring in this in this particular season is just one facet of open relationships, which is like. Basically, there is a version, there is a version, and it doesn't negate all the beautiful versions of open relationships, uh, that I have found, which is that people open things up as a last-ditch effort to save the relationship, and of course, it ends up creating more problems, and then it goes kablooey. Mm. So, I think in the relationship that Tanner is in with Richard in season two, Tanner, my love interest, uh, you know, they have their, their rules and, you know, it's very strict and very regimented and da, 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 but, but really I think it's, it's, it's Tanner wanting to find a different way out. Um, yes. and so I thought it was an interesting, I don't know. It's an, I, I just think, I just think that the way gay men do love and sex is so interesting to me mm. and we really do have our own set of rules and I think there is freedom there's freedom in being ignored so long by society because we don't have any of the expectations. Like we don't have any of the benchmarks that straight people do that causes them to go insane. There's no like pressure to get married. There's no pressure to have children. I mean, maybe some people feel that pressure, but like I feel totally uh, absent of those pressures. Yes. And it's kind of liberating because it's a really choose your own adventure. You can do things however the fuck you want. Yeah. Do you have open relationships? Is that why that you wanted to talk about it? Yeah, my bo- well, so my boyfriend and 
Jonathan and I have been together for six and a half years. Um, it's my first relationship, actually, which right. is crazy. Um, and we are open. Um, but it's like, it's interesting because like, I never really got to sow my wild oats. Like in my 20s, I was too busy, like in a pit of self-loathing and like pill head addiction that I like, didn't actually like get fucked the way that I wanted to or needed to. Um, yeah. So I kind of knew early on that Jonathan was sort of like casually the one, like I was just obsessed. And I also knew in tandem with that realization that I was like, oh, well, this can't be like the last person I have sex with. Mm. That's insane. Mm -hmm. So I think early on in the relationship, I was like, honey, baby, sweetie, I love you. Want to be with you like basically forever. But like, this can't be it. Like, I still need to like go see some other dicks. You know what I mean? Yes. I need to go have my come, come springa, you know? <laughs> and, uh, he was, he's always been really supportive of that. And honestly, like, we don't, here's the thing about being open and talking about being open. I kind of liken it to like traveling with Xanax on an airplane, just knowing that like it's there almost always relieves the desire to take it. So like, <laughs> Just knowing that I could go out and like fuck some random today, yeah, um, kind of takes away the urge to fuck a random. Yeah. So we're we're open in theory, but like not like it doesn't come up. I mean, obviously, also the pandemic was like you know <laughs> dipped that in the bud. Um, yeah. But it's we don't we don't even really like explore that option all like a lot. Mm. You know what I mean? It's it's but it's but it's always there and it's always a conversation and. When we do use it, we talk about it and it's lovely. Yeah. So, yeah. A lot of the things that trip Brian up in season two is like, there's rules that he doesn't know about that he's discovering about his love interest and stuff with their open relationship. And like, do you have ground rules? And do you think that's a useful way to be? Or does it, is it more fluid? It's more fluid. And I think it just, re- I think it relies, I mean, I think of the rules of it all and I'm like, I get like, oh my God, honey, like this is crazy. Mm. We're not like insecure, triggered people. So like, we don't really need that. But I think yeah. it's just communication. It's communication. And like when it pops up, it pops up. It's usually an organic moment. Yeah. It's so funny because I actually feel like I have to, because, uh, you know, tons of my friends are in open relationships and like you say on the sliding scale of what that is right and i think they're amazing i think that the thing that i feel like a bit like you just said is that like if anyone thinks it's normal straight gay whatever to marry someone and then absolutely just go like closing in a safe in a bank vault and be like that's that and it will not be discussed from that point forwards is asking for trouble and you're giving the only way out is secrecy. Yes. Like, and secrecy. Straight straight people are in hell. I like light a (laughs) candle for them every night. Seriously. (laughs) It's so fucked up and it's so sad. And it's like, I, I, I just feel, I feel for them because monogamy is largely a fiction. Like it's not, we're not meant to be monogamous. Like, and, and if someone wants to fuck someone else, it doesn't mean like when I want to fuck someone else, it doesn't mean that I'm not getting something from my partner. Mm. I mean, for some, for some people it could, but in my case, it's just because I want to fuck someone else and it ain't that deep. Mm. You know what I mean? And of course, but of course, like I'm not representative of the entire people. Um, but I think in straight relationships beyond this obsession with monogamy, I think the, the giant failings of those kinds of relationships is like, 
people don't feel like they can be honest about their wants and desires. Yes. And so you feel like you're, you have these urges, but you're taught to, to, you know, push them down further and further and further. And then they just become like little jokes, you know, or whatever. Yeah. The survival of relationships to me, at least healthy relationships is really just communication. It's really just, that's it. Period. Talk about shit. I couldn't agree more. And how did you learn that, would you say? Because I think it's such an important lesson. Well, Chris, can't you tell that I've always been communicative? <laughs> no, because, well, listen, I don't have a crystal ball, but I don't think we're taught to be communicative at all. I grew up in a family that didn't really talk about stuff. Mm. And I really saw how much destruction that caused. Mm -hmm. And so I think I metabolized that lesson very early on of being like, I can't do that. I can't live that way. I can't repress things. Now, it was a journey. I think it was complicated. I think I've always been a really honest person, but... Up until the age of 28, I was either closeted about my sexuality or I was closeted about my disability. So, LOL, we contain multitudes. Mm -hmm. So, part of me was, like, brutally honest about everything, but then was also hiding this part of my identity that was, you know, who I was as a person. So, like, <laughs> truly dragged me to hell. Um, but I think, I, think, I think beyond that, beyond being closeted about my disability or whatever... I think I always try to be a straight shooter mm -hmm. and I try to be honest, sometimes brutally so. Um, I really, I hate New York. I don't like New York. I lived there for six years, but I do, the one thing I do relate to is like the New Yorker mentality of just being like no nonsense. I have a very like low malarkey tolerance. Like I do not <laughs> like bullshit. Yeah. I really don't like any, like just like baloney. I don't like baloney. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and LA is like a land of bologna. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you get fed bologna sandwiches every day and you're like, yum, 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 yum. <laughs> and I'm like steamboat, really furious, like tell the truth, tell the truth. <laughs> Otherwise I feel like I'm in the episode of like twilight zone. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, so I'm, I'm almost grateful that I grew up in an environment that was so different because I really get really pushed me to go the other way. But what were those secrets that you were observing being destructive when you were young? It was just, it was like people just not being honest about like the dynamics of relationships. Like it was like, it was like going to Christmas with my family and like my cousins and my aunt and uncle and them getting into like this screaming fight about like the last, who ate the last cheese candy. Cheese candy is this American chocolatier. It's like literally 10 cents for like a piece of chocolate. It's not high end. I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah. Okay. It's like sold literally like off of a freeway. Yeah. Um, but they would literally have these knock out drag out fights about like who ate the last milk Bordeaux. And I was like, like even at 10, I was like, you know, I'm no armchair psychologist, but something tells me that they're not fighting about the milk Bordeaux. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I was just like, something ain't right. Something ain't right. You know what I mean? Yes. So I would, I would see this kind of passive aggressiveness. I would see these you know, fights that would get blown out of proportion. Mm. But then obviously it was, it was revealing of something much deeper and darker that they didn't want to deal with. So it was much easier to blame the chocolate than what was really going on. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it was absurd, but honey, people need therapy. What are you going to do? Yeah. I suppose it's like also that thing that I'm wondering while you're telling me that is that 
if you're an outsider in any way, you are just used to sitting and watching and deducing what's actually going on, you know, rather than being in it. And I think there's an element of like, you're talking about privilege earlier, like privilege makes you in it and you're in it because it's built for you. Whereas if it's not, right. you kind of have ringside seats for watching. Because almost like like I found with the Friends reunion that I was watching this week, the everyone was talking about what they saw, what they liked, what they didn't like. I was like, the only thing I was watching is the way they were looking at each other and the undercurrents of who... <laughs> that was what I was obsessed with. You know what I mean? Like trying yeah. to deduce what... I haven't what, seen it. You haven't seen it. It's... No, I can't like emotionally access friends. I mean, I know, like I was, I grew up on friends. Yes. I understand friends. I'm very like the demo of friends in terms of like the peak of friends mania was when I was like in sixth grade yes. and everyone watched it, but I just like, don't get it. And like, I, I, I think I got it when I was growing up, but then I rewatched it recently and it's like really homophobic. It's, and like, yeah, so there's homophobic. a lot of, there's a lot of gay panic jokes and like, yes it's just like very toxic masculinity vibes and it's just like not that funny. Although I will say Lisa Kudrow is a fucking genius. Yes. And if I could just watch like super cuts of just her scenes of every episode, like I would be really happy. Yeah. And transphobic and everything. And yeah, I was really surprised they didn't assuage for any of that in the reunion. I felt like all they need to say was it was a time and a place and we've all learned a lot or whatever, you know, but instead they kind of right. did this montage with like gay people going, oh my God, this changed my life. What? Wait, are you serious? How? In what way? I can't really remember, which makes me, you know, brilliant podcast host. That was not a gay positive show. If anything, like friends made me stay in the closet longer because I'm sure 100%. I watched all those scenes of Chandler who TBH should have been gay let's be honest like mm. he was the gay one that they clearly didn't have the balls to make gay so totally. like okay he's just um yes. you know and all these fucking weird like Chandler Joey ro- roommate gay panic vibes yes I probably internalized those jokes and was like okay <laughs> being gay is humiliating and bad 100%, you know 100% all that gay panic being like well, I, I hope they I hope they paid those gays money the ones that had the testimonials Jesus Christ it just felt a little bit like baloney like you just said a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah, it's interesting. And I think it would have been really simple to have addressed it in a nice, neat, polite way, you know, that is like. Yeah, by the way. By the way, I feel like this weird, this like when we revisit things that we used to love and we realize, oh, spoiler alert, it doesn't hold up. I feel like we have this bizarre obsession with like holding the creators to task. Mm -hmm. Like, what the fuck? You know, Um, and it's like it is emblematic of that time. You can't fault someone for representing that moment in time, because by the way, I'm sure if they like 
wanted to do something progressive, they had a lot of pushback from mm. like, or they couldn't do it or whatever. So I think there's nothing, there's nothing wrong. Like, I don't think that we should be, I mean, we should be ashamed of our history, but also not erase our history. Mm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like they should, they should like, like it was ugly. We did some ugly shit in a lot of ways. And like, but like, rem- like, but I don't know. It's like very, I think the way we go about it is like misguided. I like, but I think it becomes this value judgment on like the people who participated in it, but I'm not faulting anyone in friends for making homophobic jokes. Like, because I'm like, that was the time, yes. but I'm also as a gay man being like, I don't want to watch it. Like both can be true. Yeah. And also like you're reminding me of, uh, you're reminding me of a Rihanna Instagram post when like she posted a photo of something and it was something that was, and I'm going to get this detail, the detail slightly wrong, but like it was something that slightly insulted Native Americans and someone made that comment underneath. And literally all she did was reply, basically said, I'm really sorry, it won't happen again. And it was just like, yeah. that's all anybody wanted. They don't want, yeah. people don't want, well, I posted it because of this and actually blah, 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 which, you know, I, I'm going to justify it until you back down and then we move on. That's not what anybody wants. Well, sometimes I feel like people are just looking to shame someone. And I don't Mm. think that there's, it depends. I think some people are out there on the internet, like internet trolls and stuff are looking to, to just humiliate someone. And rather than actually have like a, they're not looking for like necessarily a teachable moment. They're not looking for like, Mm. you know, whatever, because there's certain people, I don't know, just like looking at comment sections sometimes, I'm like, oh my God, this person's just out for blood and they're not <laughs> yes. going to be satisfied with like, and they're not going to be satisfied with like literally anything this person does, yes. you know? Um, but but you're right. I mean, I Rihanna remains the queen and she knows how to handle it, which is just like own it. I think people get really defensive about things and they double, like it, 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 people are very fragile, I think. And especially famous people, their egos are so huge and they've been, unchallenged for so long Mm. because they're just rich and powerful and they're surrounded by you know yes men and women Mm. so like when they get called out for something it's so shocking to their core because they haven't been questioned about anything they've been told that they're god's gift for x amount of time yes so to being being held accountable is just like they haven't done honey that's like a muscle you have to flex they haven't that muscle does not work anymore yeah like they're supposed to be god's gifts you know what i mean that i think that's why I see so many celebrities like not know how to navigate their own shortcomings, like because they've just been living in such, they've been so insulated. You know what I mean? Yes. One of the things I find with, you were just talking about trolls and stuff. Like I find like your online community, let's say like people are really lovely and warm to you. Um, I know. I'm like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of like spooked. I'm like, what's going to happen? Everyone is very nice suspiciously so <laughs> i think it's like um and this is a guess and i'm now going to jinx it but like i feel like i have a similar experience with this podcast and i think it's because we're trying to just be honest and i think that that, that you know yes uh, that's what i think so far i'm very honest i'm mm. very open about pretty much anything and i'm also open about my own shortcomings as a person like for example I don't know any, everything there is to know about disability. I'm not a disability scholar. I'm not an academic. I'm on my own journey to being radicalized, you know, with my disability. Like, my own thinking about my disability expands every day, basically. Mm. Like, 
so, so like even like talking about season two, so there's a moment at the end of episode four where there's flashbacks of young Ryan and he's not able to walk. Mm. And uh, and then the last scene of the episode is Ryan's able to use his walker, little Ryan. And it's this beautiful, triumphant moment. And it's you know very well acted. And Jessica Hecht is incredible. There's this amazing score. Mm. And I, I have to say, like, when I watch it, tears come to my eyes. And then, and then when I watched it, because we shot it like four years ago, basically, <laughs> the pandemic, LOL. Um, seriously, it was pre-COVID. Um, wow. and, then I wa- and then so, like, you know, that was over a year ago that we shot it and I watch it now and I'm like, Oh, I have unknowingly fed into this long trope of like disabled people becoming less disabled. Mm -hmm. Like they take their first step and it's seen as this triumphant moment. Everyone applauds and gets emotional. I have like, I have accidentally completely fed into that. Mm -hmm. Like, like basically it's this idea that disabled people, the goal is to become less disabled. Yeah. Now, all of this is true in the sense that Ryan's mom would be happy that he can walk. She would. She'd be happy to know that he's not going to be in a wheelchair, blah, blah, blah. Mm. The next step in that way of thinking is why? Mm-hmm. Well, because we live in an ableist society that is unkind and not built for wheelchair users to navigate. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like that is fucked up. Yeah. We should make a society that is more hospitable to disabled people and it makes it easier for them to navigate so that the end goal isn't them becoming less disabled. The end goal should never becoming less disabled. We should just live in a world that is kind and built for disabled people. It's really not that complicated. Do you know what I mean? But it's like, I realized by showing that moment, and again, it would be true that she would be emotional and that she would be Victoria, but, but, but I would, I would take that a step forward and I would not put an inspirational moment of whatever i would interrogate why that's so important yes like what you know what i mean like why why are we so happy that ryan can walk because we shouldn't we should celebrate him in a wheelchair we should celebrate him in whatever iteration you know that just goes to show like i'm growing as a a creator and as a person and and i'm gonna there's gonna be these things in my work that i don't necessarily agree with but Mm. but i'm open about that like i'm not like you know what i mean and i'm not i'm also not ashamed of that because i think they're good markers for growth you know what i mean yeah 100 percent. and like you and what you're talking about there as well is like ableism is actually something that can be very internalized in a disabled person and you can be playing into those tropes in the same way as a gay person you can have all that internalized homophobia like it's such a parallel and also, like, how my own disabled ass became emotional at the end of that episode. I'm like, this is fucked up. <laughs> yes. That's like, these tears are sponsored by ableism. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's ableism. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Um, yes. And so that, that is, wow, ableism, what a powerful drug that it's got my disabled ass fucking sobbing. Yes. Because I'm, you know, little me is taking my first fucking steps. It's just like, oh my God. Yeah. It's like insane. It's so ingrained in our, subconscious you know what I mean? mm, yes so ryan what what next for you what what are you up to next well i wrote a novel <gasps> uh, i did i learned how to read and write for it so that was good um <laughs> <laughs> congratulations I had, do, I had to do something during quarantine 
Um, yeah, so it's coming out. Actually, it's coming out in the UK. We got a UK. No way. We, we have a UK publisher. Yeah, the deal just happened. Yeah, it's called Just by Looking at Him, and it stars a gay disabled TV writer. Uh, what? What? Uh, crazy. <laughs> um, and uh, so that's coming out next June. And then um, I'm working on a film adaptation of that. Oh, how exciting. Yeah. So, I mean, fingers crossed, um, we're supposed to be shooting it next year. Brilliant. And then I'm writing for the Queer's Folk reboot, um, which is Mage. Is Russell T. Davies overseeing that? I don't think so. I think my friend Stephen is the one who created it, but he gave us his blessing. Okay. Understood. Yeah. But it's going to be really good. I'm excited. So many queer and exciting things happening. Yeah. I mean, it's been, I've been very lucky. So... You know, we'll see. (laughs) Well, you know, listen, congratulations on season two. And thank you so much for giving us another one. I just loved season one. I loved what I've seen of season two. It's amazing. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Will you come back and talk to us when your book's out? Yeah, you bet I will. What a delight that was. Thank you so much to everybody for listening. Thank you so much to Ryan for giving us your time being so honest friends got a kicking eh um that's the washing machine again because i'm dying because i'm dying the old um the old rucksack yeah that was a real giggle and fascinating all that the specifics of being queer and disabled that he spoke about that you know just don't get spoken about enough and the, the tv show in particular you must watch i think it's just so full of all the joy and It's got so many brilliant observations about the queer experience and the disabled experience and, you know, all that stuff he was saying about able-bodied, internalised ableism, um, I think is really, really interesting because we're all complicit with that. And I know that um, it makes me think uh, how I can be doing more. And yeah, what a delight. What a giggle as well. He's just charming and funny, isn't he? Um, well listeners thank you for listening it's hello at homosapienspodcast.com if you want to get in touch share your thoughts it's at homosapiens on instagram if you want to share your thoughts there come follow us on instagram see all the updates me posting things i've eaten and yeah that's about it for this week thank you so much to all of you for listening loads of love bye now 